In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she said, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. This is the word of the Lord. Jesus goes out from the region of Galilee, specifically from the town of Gennesaret. There he had been performing miraculous healings to the Jews, preaching of his nature as the Messiah, and charitably instructing the Pharisees and Sadducees concerning the scriptures. He goes forth into the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he is now outside the region of faithful Jews. Here, he is in a land of pagans, of impure unbelievers, and of sinners. Yet, those branded as pagans often prove themselves to be more faithful than the Jewish elite believe them to be. Here, he encounters a woman. By all accounts, given her nationality and her cultural association, she is a piece of human garbage. She is also an annoyance. For the disciples came and urged Jesus, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. Literally, she is shrieking out behind us. Yet her cries are not that of mindless rabble, nor her words of the filth Israelites would normally have expected. Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Kyrie eleison. Surprisingly, or perhaps not so surprisingly, these words are the words of faith. It is also apparent that this woman's faith is great, for Christ exclaims thusly. Yet where and how is the faith of this Canaanite woman manifested? Is her faith shown in the fact that she comes to Jesus asking him to free her daughter from the grasp of demons? Perhaps so. Yet many come to Jesus in empty faith, seeking only what he can give them. As Christ himself says elsewhere, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Is her faith shown in her persistence? Perhaps so. Yet her doggedness is not appreciated by the disciples and is duly noted by Christ. It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Both of these things 
are ways in which the woman's faith is manifested, but neither of them individually presents the whole. The most important manifestation of her faith is her passive reception from Christ and her willingness to see herself for what she is. She understands that she is not worthy to receive from God that for which she asks. She understands that she is, in fact, a dog approaching the master's table, begging him for even the smallest of crumbs. She understands that she is a sinner approaching the God Most High. She understands that nothing within her could have caused this God to take on flesh and to descend into her murky, sin-filled waters. Yet in this confession of sins, which is what this is, a confession of sins both real and perceived, both committed and born of nature, but in this confession of sins, she understands something else. This is the crux of her faith. She is a dog, doggedly seeking after her master, not because she hopes he will get annoyed enough with her that he will have to heed her, but because she sees him for who he is in seeing herself for who she is. There is nothing in her that would cause the Lord to take on flesh. And that is the point. He did it anyway. Why should he descend from his lofty heights into the world of sin to deal with sinners? Especially if there is no benefit for himself in such an act. This is the question the Canaanite woman's confession answers. Love is this answer. God becomes incarnate, God heals the sick, God casts out demons, and God dies. Not because you are worthy, not because of anything in you, in fact. Instead, he does it all for you because he loves you. The Canaanite woman knows who God is, perhaps even better than do the disciples. She knows that he will heed her request because he has to because of the fact that she and her daughter are unworthy but repentant sinners. These are the ones Christ has come to save. Her faith is unwavering, for she knows herself for who she is, and she knows her Lord for who he is. It is as if she says to Christ, Yes, it is as you say. I am indeed a miserable wretch, but I am the miserable wretch whom you love, the miserable wretch whose flesh and whose sins you bear, and the very miserable wretch whom you have come to redeem. You who keep me will neither slumber nor sleep, and you shall preserve me in my going out and in my coming in forever. She understands like Jacob, and therefore the essence of her plea is the demand of Jacob, I will not let you go unless you bless me. This, then, is why she is commended for her faith. Jacob's plea and the Canaanite woman's plea is the plea of every repentant Christian. 
It is only the fool who believes himself worthy to approach God in his own worth. You are not called to familiarity with the divine, but to humility. For you are the dogs who sit at a table, not eating crumbs or scraps, but the entirety of the feast. The entire garden of Eden rests upon your table as you unworthy beasts devour that which is not yours to consume. It is not good to man that one who does not deserve should receive, but it is good to God. Hence he allows this. He allows you to dwell within his holy tabernacle. He defends you and he provides for you. He permits you to ask from him that which you desire, that which you are unworthy to receive, and he is pleased to have you beg for him for blessings. He is glad to love you and to uphold his promises to you, even as you are unworthy. Take heed, dear children, and know that God's love for you is not conditional, no matter what tripe preachers from church or state attempt to feed you. This message is the food of dogs, and it comes from the table of wolves. Repent of your sins. Repent of your haughty self-importance and grandeur, and fall prostrate before your Lord, as did this faithful woman. Do not scoff with the disciples, but entreat, beg, and call upon God according to his nature, his name, and his promises. His food will go to the dogs, in good times or in bad, in storms, in wind, in rain, in flooding. His food will yet go to the dogs, for these are his beloved. These are the ones for whom he has come to die. You are the ones for whose sake his blood was willingly spilled and for whom he came into this world. In fact, not only then does Jesus feed the dogs, but he goes to the dogs. He enters into the flesh of sinners. He enters into the region of Tyre and Sidon, the land of human filth. He enters into Jerusalem, the land of unrepentance, housing those who killed the prophets. He enters into Golgotha, the land of death. He enters into the sinful creation. He goes to the dogs. He dies even for these dregs, and he raises them up. For the dogs are, in fact, the lost sheep of Israel who cry out after their shepherd because they know his voice. It is to such as these he has come, and it is of such as these that the kingdom of heaven is comprised. Take comfort in your sinful nature, in the fact that you are dogs. For sinners such as yourself, such as Jacob, and such as the Canaanite woman, are those whom Christ has come to bless and those whom he has come to save. 
At the same time, however, do not give in to your sinful nature. Live in opposition to it, knowing that Christ has come to you, redeemed and unshackled you from the bonds of such a nature, to live according to his word alone. Repent, for though you are a dog, you need not act like one. You need not return to the vomit of your sins once they have been expelled from you. Seek after the Holy One of God. Seek after Christ. Cling to him in repentance and in faith, in good times and in bad. Cry out after him according to his promises to you. Touch the holy things he has provided for you. Spurn the wills of Satan and your flesh. And pray ever more fervently that Christ would bless you and continue to feed you from the feast of his table. Amen.